welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we're starting a very special unit about a very special lady. (laughs) Nora Roberts. Nora Roberts. A woman, a mystery. A writer? Question mark? We'll find out. Yeah. I actually, I did, I did have to look that up because I had questions about this book. For She's sure, for sure. Very adamant that she has written every word of every yes. book. Yes, I, I saw that as well. Did you see and that I, blog art post as well? Yes, yes. And <laughs> did you know the same question doubts. I did, we both had doubts. which was, was this book written by a man? <laughs> no, I didn't have that question at oh, all. Actually, okay. um, that was my biggest so question. The book, I just, in general, I was like, there's so many books. Um, it so is. So the book we read is Midnight Bayou, but let's start off by just talking little Nora here. Yeah. Um, Anna, you brought this unit to the I, table. I did. Why? Why did you do this? Because I'm so, like, I'm so fascinated by the <laughs> idea of someone who can have written, like, 100 plus books over yeah. the span of a 30-year career, ha- be so well known, and I, I just... I guess to me, I wanted to dive in and be like, did there need to be that many books? Like, are they all different enough from each other? Uh, does, is there something like in her writing? Uh, I've never read, I've never read anything by her. So I'm like, is there, is there something in her writing or about her writing that is like super compelling or, you know, cause like how every writer has, has their quirks, like Stephen, Stephen King and, and his very lengthy descriptions and stuff Mm. and you know the whole cocaine thing (laughs) yeah and uh jay pats and his ghost writers writers yeah and (laughs) like you know and so and so to 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 have this author nora roberts who for as far as i can tell has written all of these books stone cold sober and not ghost writers um I guess I can't say stone cold. I don't know. She's, maybe she does enjoy several glasses of wine and she writes I these books. I could see Nora Roberts partying, honestly. Honestly, maybe. She had a lot to say about Mardi Gras in this book. Um, mm. But I just... And she's written under so many different names and has gone into various genres. Like, I know she has, like, a fantasy series that starts with the book Year One. I don't really know anything about it other than that. I know she does stuff as J.D. Robb, which I've always thought were more like kind of a thriller things mm-hmm. i think they're just like romantic suspense i don't know um yeah so i've just been like i'm just intrigued by her and i want to know some of her stuff because there is so much of it yeah we like romance here on this podcast she's like the first person inducted into the romance writers of america hall of fame which may or may not be as prestigious as it once was a few years ago um but uh yeah i just i don't know there's something just interesting about this woman mystery it is to me almost certain that although it may seem too specialized to be like we're reading this one author mm-hmm. when usually we do tropes and yeah. like genres i would guess that there's probably more nora roberts books than there are like furry sleuth books I, you, you, know? <laughs> you know what possibly <laughs> we've done some niche genres uh-huh uh-huh and yeah, she's just so prolific that I don't know. There's something about that that's exciting. Titillating. Titillating. Scintillating. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, that's, into- I just thought it'd be interesting to see. 
I also have not read any Nora Roberts before this. And I think although I kind of had the vague idea that she was a romance author, I think if you had asked me, I would have guessed romance. But I don't think I really knew what she wrote. Mm. I just knew that she like wrote many things, you know? Yeah, like I know Nora Roberts, but I don't really know Nora Roberts work. Like everybody knows about like they could probably give you the gist of a Stephen King novel um, Mm. without having read any of Stephen King's work. I couldn't tell you a single thing about any of her books. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) just that they exist and she is, she is an author. Yeah. And I think like most of the other authors, well, that's not true. There are some other, like, I believe we refer to them as uh, two thirds authors where Mm. it's two thirds of the book cover. Uh, Yes. The name. Uh huh. Um, there's some other authors that I think probably if you said like, hey, what does this person write? I'd be like, no fucking clue, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Stephen King, like James Patterson, I could at least name like we read a James Patterson yeah. book. I couldn't name that one, but we I could name other ones that he's written. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think if you had asked me, I would know a single Nora Roberts book off mm-hmm. the top of my head. And now I know one. Now we know one. Night by you. Yeah, which I didn't I didn't hate, but I did have problems with. It was a weird book. What did you think of this one? Um, I'm unfortunately kind of obsessed with this book. Okay. I, <laughs> I it started and I was like, no way, absolutely it not. I'm was gonna hate this. A humongous like content warning at the start. Uh, right at the top. Um the first, I would say at least third, I was thoroughly annoyed by. I felt mm-hmm. like I didn't care about any of the characters. Yes. Probably around the halfway mark, I was like Okay. When they brought up reincarnation. (laughs) No, it wasn't that. It Uh, was actually the 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 moment that I was like had realized that I liked the characters was the earrings moment. Oh. Where he's like that whole scene, I was like, Yeah, okay, they're cute. Like they're a mess, but they're cute, right? (laughs) Um and then the twist, I was like, I'm I'm on board. This is that's so this is exactly what I wanted actually. (laughs) It was so like it was that good kind of trashy, like what what the, like you're not going to get a lot of like substance from this book but what you do get is so like compelling right it's it's she starts off by telling you the answer to the mystery but you still keep reading cuz you want these two dummies to to find out how it happened and and but that's and that's the thing she tells you the answer to the mystery but yeah. that's actually not that's it's not the not, full answer that's not the mystery yeah. right like the mystery is like why is this happening yeah. Right? And the answer to that is so fucking buck wild. It is. In a way it's, that it's it like, shouldn't be that buck wild, but it was that buck it was, wild. It's so bizarre. It, I I'm loved like, it. This woman has written how many books? Like, I, do they I, all I mean, deliver like, like Midnight Bayou? Like, maybe she was scraping at the bottom of the idea barrel with this because it was so out of left. I, and the thing is, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, it shouldn't be that wild like the idea that she comes down on is not that crazy no like when we've already introduced the reincarnation thing mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. so funny that the twist is like really like oh what like i did not see that coming and that says <laughs> I didn't something believe about us it when society, it happened when that was the solution i was like no I was like, <laughs> but like why wouldn't it be right like once they explain it it's like oh yeah that makes way more sense than the other way around right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm wild <laughs> mind blown it was it was bizarre i but also yes i do think there was some stuff that i was like uh this is very this is very early 2001 2000s. yes mm-hmm. i my thing with this though my biggest thing 
was I was I was going into this expecting like Nora Roberts prolific romance writer. Mm-hmm. I really truly felt like this book was written by a man because some of the the viewpoints and some of the ideas that and and, and the main character were we are primarily following a a man named uh oh fuck me um Declan, Declan. that's right Declan Fitzgerald um and just being in his headspace mm-hmm. for a lot of the romantic parts about it and some of the things that are said about women and like I don't know I was just like this feels like a man wrote these things which I guess is like if Nora Roberts is like you know she says wrote every word of her book I'm like well that's cool because you really got into the man's headspace here mm-hmm. uh but it I was weird like a lot of the stuff that I might have been like at I read as being more tongue-in-cheek from him mm. um maybe that's a generous read um and I also agree I think for the uh, that's especially why I felt like I wasn't connecting with the first half mm-hmm. because like just like a lot of ownership over women yeah it's almost entire I mean but then you, you get to the end and it's kind of and then yeah you get to the end and she's like guys I was building up to this and we were just like <laughs> Like, oh, okay. Like, I feel like if I reread it, I'd be more like, yes, of course, this makes perfect sense. I'm just laughing thinking about this whole book. It's it's so bizarre. Anyway. um, Yeah. So I think like the first half, I really had trouble connecting. But then once it kind of brought in. um, There was too uh, much uh, house description. I didn't care about the house. Yeah, that too. I did not care about the renovation. Um, Declan loved house. Like Lena's uh, headspace more. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really liked Lena. Yeah, I hated her at first. I mm. was like, she is barely anything. But then once we like got into like her character, I was like, oh yeah. no, actually, I am my my biggest gripe too. I, I think with this book is, uh, well, there I have two really big gripes, but but the one I guess that's relevant right now is the whole their their whole relationship. I'm so concerned with how long they're going to last after the book Forever. ends. Like we get our, we get our happily ever after. It's a romance novel whatever. But like all of these two have done is argue. They've done, they've done no other connecting like but in a cute way. I don't know. Some of it was extremely <laughs> annoying. Uh <laughs> like there's banter and there's bickering and then there's like whatever was happening in parts of in parts of this book. I was like this is this is weird. Um yeah, I just I don't know how long term like and I think I think again, like I do, I'm not going to reread this book probably no, ever, ever. But I do kind of want to go and reread it right now. I think there's a like, movie now version, I, like a lifetime movie version of this. Now that I know the twist. Yeah. Like reading back and having that understanding of her of what's going on with her mm-hmm. and her 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 reincarnation. Past, her, oh, her that. Past. Yeah. yeah. No, no, not like yeah her her reincarnation yeah mm-hmm. um like i feel like that makes stuff make a lot more sense but again you don't get that till the end so then yeah it's like what's going so like i feel like the thing that we're supposed to take is because they've sorted that out they're gucci now but yeah, like, yeah we didn't actually see them being gucci so it's kind of yeah we literally mm-hmm. every scene is an argument between the two of them there's no just like very few sweet moments where mm-hmm. I, even in the scenes where she's like taking care of him because he's sick, they argue. And I'm just like, please. <laughs> but yeah. Sometimes love is yelling at someone for buying you earrings. You yeah. Know? Yeah. For be- for just like constantly, constantly telling them that they're trying to buy you your, your, your sex. 
But it all makes sense once you know the truth. It all. This this is this book is buck wild. I do want it's to so watch wild. the movie version of it. I think I think if it is a lifetime movie, mm-hmm. um Lifetime will do the buck wildness of it justice. <laughs> you know, like yeah. this is very well suited. I to... feel like I feel like my fear with the lifetime movie was that they might go harder on the twist earlier on, um, which then would like make it less of a Less, of a, less you know? of a wild thing. This is like, and remember when it's so good. we read the Veronica Speedwell book and the end of the book was like, you're the you're related to the Queen of England or whatever the fuck. And we were just like, what? Okay, I guess. That's kind of how this book made me feel. It's so like, funny. That's it's so the funny. answer? But like, Are you yeah. sure, Nora? <laughs> so good. I'm obsessed with this. Oh my God. It was, oh it was God. a wild journey. I am very much looking forward to continuing reading yeah. her stuff. I want to see, cause this is from 2001. Like I want to, I want to mm. read like her very first book, obviously. Yeah, we got to do an OG. And then like, what's she doing what's these she days? To? What's, what's going to, on? Nora? What's going on post COVID world for Nora Roberts? You know, I yeah, want to see I how she's had, changed. I think we had talked a little bit about maybe doing it genre, like do different genres that she's written for each one. Mm-hmm. But I feel like now we got to go classic romance on all three. And yeah. Just I see what the evolution of Nora is. Yes. Yes. Uh, so would you recommend this? Um, I would recommend this book with the, with the knowledge of like, this isn't a book to be serious about. Mm-hmm. This is a book that's just like kind of a fun, wild ride um frog and toads wild ride or whatever and uh also strong content warnings we get we get we get the big r and we get a murder immediately Uh, of a teenager just of it yeah so you know uh and also and also there is some like you know weirdly weirdly casual racism in the way that a white person is writing about people who white people who live in Louisiana and have lots of money uh like it's not like you know it's not I would I wouldn't say it's like oh nor cancel Nora Roberts but it it was just like one line in particular where uh Declan, who is from Boston, has moved down to New Orleans, says something about the Civil War. And his friend, who is from New Orleans, was like, oh, you mean the Northern War, the War of Northern Aggression or whatever it is that they call it. Uh, And I was like, (laughs) "Eee." So just like little things like that. Um, But it's written in 2001. So you just kind of have to go into it. I would say there is if if you can forgive those things there is a lot here to uh just just enjoy for the buck wildness of it yeah. all yeah i'm going to say i'm not going to recommend this to anyone cuz i think you should just listen to this podcast and find out what the twist is and i honestly <laughs> don't think it'll be as good if you know the twist going into That's it and i true. don't think it's, yeah. i don't think it's so good that it's worth like pausing now go. and reading yeah. it yeah but if you are interested in reading this I would not listen to the rest of this episode before you read it yeah would be my kind of thing and I will also say like this is not even close to anything that I would normally enjoy and I really don't think I would like it except for the twist so we'll see if the um the rest of her the rest of it works as well for me but yeah I had a great time reading this book. It was wild. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't know what to expect at all from her going in, and this was this was a delightful surprise. <laughs> uh, just just some weirdness about it that 
my personal reading preferences rub me the wrong way yeah um yeah and I think like to your point about like the male point of view I think there's a little bit of you know the guys being guys yes find that they're like I didn't find him too bad but there definitely were like a couple things where I was like eh that's kind of gross um just a lot of possessiveness over women and then like uh I, I don't know. Like, the whole bachelor party thing. I was like, whatever. Yeah, I didn't it was like, so stupid. Didn't like that. Yeah. But, like, it was, like, that era where we were all trying to be cool about it, I think. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But overall, uh, not necessarily worth reading yourself, but listen to this episode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> listen to a description of this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you already know you like Nora Roberts, dive in, my friend, to the book. It's uh, it's great. <laughs> I just don't know um, what to expect going forward. <laughs> okay, so uh, have you been reading anything worth recommending? I have been. Uh, sorry, let me pull up my story graph here. I know for sure. I read the fourth Lady Sherlock book by Sherry Thomas called The Art mm-hmm. of Theft. It was very good, as per usual. Um, you know, some of them, sometimes, like, it takes me a couple chapters to get back into it. Um, Mm -hmm. But then once the story picks up, I'm like, yeah, I fucking love these books. I also read, hmm. (laughs) I read uh, Butcher and Blackbird by Bryn Weaver because everyone on TikTok's been talking about it. Uh, It is a romance between two serial killers. I, it was, (laughs) it was weirdly wholesome. (laughs) Like, I was like, mm, they're so cute. Like, the romance is about the romance. And then they're just, like, doing nasty things in the background, like killing people <laughs> and, you know, talking about cannibalism and stuff, whatever. Um, So I would tentatively suggest that if you're into – if you're in the headspace for a dark romance, uh, it's it's very comedic. It's very lighthearted uh, for the subject matter. And uh, like I said, just, like, weirdly wholesome. So <laughs> – that's that's about it for me though. What about you? Um, I have been slacking on the reading recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of got you down. A, um, well, I haven't. I've really been stalling on a couple of those, but the bigger ones, the longer ones, are just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, Very fair. I gotta finish the whole series. Um, I started listening to Lunar Love by Lauren Kung Jessen, which is like a woman who runs her family's like. Uh, matchmaking based on Chinese horoscopes business mm. and then the guy who's creating an app that does Chinese horoscope oh, matching. Oh yes I've heard of yeah. this. Yeah it's pretty cute so far. Yeah. Um, I'm a little shy of the halfway mark and that's been good. Um, aside from that I've pretty much only been playing Baldur's Gate. I mean it's okay. happened to us all. We. <laughs> it's that time of year it's for me so I guess. Consuming. Um, it's so consuming. It's so good and I just got to uh, uh, the finally me and Carlac are our girlfriends now so that's hell yeah great. hell yeah that's wonderful news for me i'm having a great oh. time um i'm so good. i'm so is... happy she deserves love and she hasn't gotten it in my playthroughs yet she is the virtual <laughs> love of my life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh yeah so that's been really fun and um not much more to say about it because you know if you've played Baldur's gate 3 you already know and if you haven't you're yeah. probably not interested so there we go yeah have you uh have you told Carlac or has your character told Carlac she loves her absolutely okay i just absolutely immediately i love you too (laughs) yeah it's so good it's so good i was so cute it's so cute Um, she tried to hit me with the i adore you and i was like nah girl nope 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 (laughs) uh love it 
All right, let's talk about let's talk about Midnight Bayou by Nora Roberts. I'm sure you're all dying to know what happens in this book. What happens in the bayou stays in the bayou, or does it? Or does it? Uh, so it does, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes. We have our main character, Declan Fitzgerald. He's a boy of wealth. He comes from a wealthy family. Um, they are, they're like nice wealthy though. <laughs> like he they're doesn't. They're like fine. They're I fine. Guess. They're not billionaires, but they're not poor. So, you know. That was probably the part of the book that I was like least convinced by. I was like, I don't understand what social class these folks are supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't either. Because uh, they have endless amounts of money to give him they also have like a bajillion um like he has several siblings his parents all have like eight they're all catholic yeah they all have it's a huge family 10 10 children each and like so it's like his grandfather was a lawyer i think and it's kind of like implied that that's where the family money came from but i'm like how much family like who what kind of that that much family money two generations down when the generations are that wide you know yeah you're dealing with like these like you got split that amongst 30 grandkids they must be like like uh uh plymouth rock wealthy you know like they came over on the mayflower they wouldn't be irish then because that's true they are irish well i don't know mayflower peeps i don't know i don't know how they got so rich but they were very wealthy people to the point where declan has quit his job as a corporate lawyer because it brought him no joy he has left his uh, former fiance three weeks before their wedding because he Jessica Jessica or Jennifer, <laughs> um, his his best friend refuses to get her name correct, which I was like, this is very disrespectful. <laughs> please, but, please, I mean, I I feel like because it's dudes, it's disrespectful. But I have done that about friends' exes. <laughs> so, well, I would understand if it was like an ex that like oh she cheated you know yeah, but it was literally true. like that's they true. just didn't love each other and so they and broke he up dumped her three weeks before three the weeks before the wedding because he and because and this is told through like this is never from his words but other mm-hmm. people have said about him that he never thought he would be able to love anybody which is wild because the only other character trait we have of Declan besides him being wealthy is that he loves the female lead, Lena, so immediately much. And immediately consumed by love. And so when yeah. other people are going around being like, he just thought he was incapable of love because he didn't love Jessica. Um, it seems fake, but it does make sense when you consider the twist. Yeah. It... <laughs> Sorry, That's what I'm barking. saying. Everything that doesn't make sense makes sense. You're like, oh, yeah, reincarnation. No, I, I yeah. <laughs> Which is very unfortunate because it's like, yeah, you're reading the whole book and you're like, this is this doesn't make sense. And then you get to the end and you're like, oh, OK, I guess it does. I guess. I guess that's an explanation. <laughs> and you all might think that reincarnation is by itself the twist. It's not. It's not. There's, there's a double twist. Because we get like halfway through the book and she's like, have you ever heard of reincarnation? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I'm immediately down to believe that. And she's like, mm, I'm not. <laughs> OK, girly. Um. I've actually done us a disservice disservice by talking about Declan at the top because I thought we were going to skip it. No, we can't. We can't skip it. Uh, (laughs) We can't skip it. We have to talk about this awful shocker of a beginning. Uh, The book starts in like 1899. And I was like, oh, dang, didn't know this was a a historical. Yeah. Cool. I, I, me too. I was like, oh boy, I'm not, (laughs) I was not ready for that slog. So I'm glad we fast forwarded to the future. Well, here's the thing. I'm the opposite way because I'm like, yes, historical, mm. love it. 
So I was like hyped for it to be historical, but then what happens in this first chapter is so fucking nasty. Yeah. And then um and then it also was a contemporary. So I was like, I've been double betrayed. I've been double betrayed by this book. But then <laughs> But then and it, you were it like, yeah. for me. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm back on board. You got highs me, Nora. And lows, highs and lows. <laughs> so um in 1899, this woman named Abigail? Uh, yes, this woman named Abigail, who is, uh, she was a, um, a, a maid in the big plantation home uh, in the bayou, Manit House. And she met the heir of, of the Fort family fortune and home, Lucian. Uh, while she was working there, the two of them fell in love and eloped. And... Uh, now she is living with the family that she once worked for. She's very recently had a baby. Uh, and uh, she does not get along well with her in-laws because they are the type that are like, we are rich, you are poor. That me, I don't know why you brought this. They, they call her a very derogatory thing, but they're, they're like, I don't know why you brought this woman who's clearly a gold digger into our home. Um, so there, there is problems there. Lucian is away on business his brother Julian comes home drunk and uh, sexually violates uh, Abigail and then murders her. Uh, in the nursery. In the nursery as she is trying to breastfeed her child. Um, the baby's crying through all of this. Her last thoughts are of the baby and Lucian and uh, how Lucian wasn't there to protect her from this. Very Yikes. sad. Julian and Mommy Dearest, who as I said, always hated Abigail. The two of them work together to make it look like Abigail ran off. They like take some of her dresses and put them in a suitcase, steal some of like the flashier jewels and stuff that Lucien had given her. And they take her body, they dump it in the river behind the house and they start telling everyone that she ran away with another man and that the baby might not even be Lucien's. He comes home to hear all of this news and is devastated. We go to the future. <laughs> Uh, it's the year 2002. We meet Declan. He is we just... We the house again. We meet the house. He's just purchased Manit House. This is a house that he had, like, seen sometime in the past, like, 10 years or so ago. And uh, he was like, man, I really love this house and I feel a connection to this house. So when he saw that this house was up on the market, he put in an offer on it without even seeing the house. He purchased the house and he moved down there to start renovating it and bringing it back to its glory days. Um, his best friend, Remy, lives in New Orleans. They, the two of them went to Harvard, probably together. Yeah, it was Harvard. Um, Harvard Law, just like Elle Woods. You know what, though? Did they know? No, because this book was written in 2001 and she didn't go to Harvard until like... 2003 or two or something so never mind they didn't know her i can't remember what year legally blonde came out i was just gonna be like if there this is a world in which l woods and declan fitzgerald could have possibly known each other no um his best friend remy is still working in law and he's about to get married to this woman named effie who declan makes all these weird jokes like constantly to her about like when are you going to leave remy for me his best friend uh just in a way that I was like, it's too many jokes. You've you've made yeah. the joke. You need to stop making the joke. She also makes the jokes back. So I guess that's just everyone's vibe. I guess I don't that's know. just like, how everyone Everyone is just friends. very like, this is funny and we're into this joke and we're all. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like it made me un- uncomfortable, but it was like, we get it. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, we get the joke. It was like every um, time he saw her. Like, yeah. there's a scene later on in the book where she's like sobbing and he's like i told you if you were gonna dump remy you should come to me first and she's like not laughing and i was like bro now is not the time <laughs> there's also a scene on her wedding day where she's like i love everyone but except for remy i love you the most and i would marry you if i wasn't married to remy this is kind of a joke but kind of not kind i'm not of really serious. sure what he's doing here it everyone was very, loves like, declan it was very like she didn't know how to write male-female friendships, I think. Yes. Was kind of the thing. Well, and Declan was such a Gary Stew is the other mm. part of this. Like, yeah. Declan was perfect boy. He was – he's very handsome. He's very rich. He's, you know, he's very good uh, at doing home renovations. Like, he's, he's going from lawyer to thinking about starting his own contracting business. He's very good at interior design and finding the right antique pieces to go in the house. He can just charm anybody he meets. Like, he's just a perfect boy. Um, so Which your mileage think, may vary with him. <laughs> yeah, I think also that's part of why I didn't like the first half of the book, because mm-hmm. I think like if it was all from Lena's point of view, that would be pretty par for the course for a yeah. romance lead whose head we weren't in, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. where I was just like, I don't feel like this guy has had any problems ever in his entire life. No, Which, absolutely. His biggest problem he ever had was he didn't love his first fiance. <laughs> like, yeah, which like, OK, but also like. Maybe that was God looking out for this little soul, all things considered. It was. Like, it was God and God's you will. Need an easy one, bro. <laughs> uh, speaking of like, I'm just going to throw this in here now because I don't know when else I'll fit it in. But mm. like, speaking of the point of views, what the fuck was going on Very with the confused. POVs in this book? So confused. It just. It, uh, it mid sentence would shift to someone else's interior. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I was actually going to ask you if there was, like, any delineation no. in the physical book. Okay. No, there's not. Yeah. It would literally be the next sentence in the and same paragraph. It's almost entirely from Remy and Lena's point of views. And occasionally we'll get, like, a sentence or two from another person's point like of view randomly in a, or something. in a paragraph. Yeah. Except then there was, like, one whole chapter that was from her mom's point of view. And I was like, what's happening here, even? It was no all rules. over the place. No rules, just right. I think this was my biggest beef with the yeah. book was that it just – you just need to pick a character and or, or do chapter breaks or just, like, you know, those large spaces. Like, let me know when we're going to be in someone be- else's head. It needed to be more or less, I think. Yeah. Because I think you could, uh, as always, as I always think. Well, I don't know. The mid the mid paragraph ones were too disjointed. But for I me. think if you were doing that all the time, I would be like, it's a stylistic choice. I think that like the fact that she just kind of did it occasionally when she felt like it, mm-hmm. I'm I was like, I feel like you wanted to reveal this information and couldn't do it in a way that made sense. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like have the character say it to the other character or have the other character intuit it or whatever. Like, so mm-hmm. you had to hop in this person's head for a second to be like, he felt bad about this. And it's like, I didn't need you to hop into this person's head. You could have said that he looked bad or he looked yeah. upset or something, you know, we didn't need to do all this, but exactly. like, so instead it, it, and again, I think if it was like something that was constantly happening, you could make the argument that it's like, oh, it's a stylistic choice to reference the yeah. intertwined nature of the community or whatever. It was but just like, infrequent enough to be so jarring every time yes. it happened. Yeah. It either needed to be all the time or not at all. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. It was my least mm-hmm. favorite thing about this book uh, was I just, I, ju- I just don't, I didn't like, I didn't like that experience. I rarely like when POVs change in the middle of a chapter, like. 
like uh like with a with a break in the page or anything but like when it was just mid mid sentence sometimes it's <laughs> like why yeah. yeah and i'm not generally like i'm not generally bothered by pov switches when it is done for like a reason either it neither it either needs to be done in a structured way like you're saying or it needs to be unstructured for a reason right like Mm-hmm. this where I, I really did feel like most of the time it was just like I want to reveal this information but yeah. I can't figure out how to reveal it without the person thinking mm-hmm. it and I'm like well that's sloppy yeah, like, yeah. So th- that's definitely something I'm interested to see if she does more or less yeah. of in other books when there's not as much like you know uh, spooky ghost stuff happening mm-hmm. <laughs> where it might be more like acceptable to be like oh we're in someone else's interior because of reincarnation um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I I wonder if that's a, a hallmark of Nora's writing or if it's just this book. Yeah, um, and I would even give a pass to all the reincarnation ones in this one. I'm like, eh, that at least to me makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's the one where it's, like, ones where it's literally, like, now we're randomly in Remy's point of view for half a second. Yeah, you know? or yeah. Like, so he can make a randomly, comment about his best yeah, friend's love so life. He can, think a thing and yeah. i'm like i don't need to know what he was thinking about this i don't care about he's remy barely a character <laughs> i don't care about remy at all let I me don't. tell you he's like not even in my top three remy's you know <laughs> yeah obviously that's ratatouille is number one three remy. times <laughs> uh <laughs> So, yes, there there there's a lot of that. So, read or beware, I suppose. But um so Declan moves into this house and he starts renovating it and he one morning sees across his wide expanse of property a beautiful woman playing fetch with her dog um, and throwing balls and he's jumping in the lake and stuff and he's like, "Wow, I really want to go talk to that beautiful woman." Uh, but I think like he looks back and she's gone or something like that. Like he just he didn't get the opportunity. And at Whatever. this point, it's like, is she a ghost? Maybe. Is she a ghost? Does he want to smooch a ghost? We'll find out. I mean, probably. I think Declan would definitely smooch a ghost, which is what I, I think... thought this romance was going to be. I thought this was right? going to be a ghost smooching book. Nah, they're not. all alive. It was, well, I guess <laughs> depends how you define ghost, right? <laughs> the ghost smooched <laughs> through their reincarnation. Through their skin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so and then we have lena who is the female lead and she is uh a strong independent woman who owns a bar and she, she doesn't need no man she doesn't need a man uh specifically she doesn't need love she doesn't need love or care or attention from any other person because she uh has a very difficult relationship with her mother who was it, her mom got pregnant when she was 16 years old and uh left lena with grandparents who she views as her parents grandpa has passed away um relatively recently and both she and grandma have taken it very hard uh so she's just like not receptive to any advances from declan whatsoever it takes like literally 90 percent of this book for her to be like all right we can do a relationship <laughs> so you know if you're into a lot of like lovey-dovey stuff in your book you might have to wait a little while for that in this one but it's 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 worth it <laughs> maybe <laughs> i would say it is a hundred two years in the making <laughs> yeah in terms of their relationship i liked most of it like mm. in the very beginning i wasn't sold i was like he's insta love i hate this yeah um, yeah, kinda, it is like, instantly. He sees her at a bar later there's on. There's a reason. And yeah, there's a reason for the insta love. Is the thing. Is the thing. 
so if you that's annoying about this book makes sense it all makes sense with the reincarnation (laughs) a master class in writing a romance (laughs) novel nora you got us got us good uh the house is haunted manit hall is haunted as declan discovers as he's renovating um the weird thing is though he thinks there's more than one ghost so there is uh he's he's seeing things in the house that he can't possibly have former knowledge of so like he'll walk into an empty room full suite of bedroom furniture uh in there and he can like he's he memorizes the furniture like to the tiniest detail to recount to someone later on and you're like bro you saw that for maybe 30 seconds how he has a beautiful mind specifically about furniture Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, yes, and I also unfortunately do think that it does make sense. Because <laughs> he knows. Because <laughs> he spent time around that furniture, man. <laughs> the reincarnation crutch. I'm going to use really? it in everything now. <laughs> just like... It's not even going to be in a way that makes sense. No. I'm just going to drop it in at the end of like, oh, and by the way, this guy's a reincarnation of a guy who understood all of this before. <laughs> <laughs> all my future D&D characters. <laughs> He's a reincarnation of a guy who knows exactly what the DM is planning, yeah. actually. <laughs> actually, though. <laughs> um... <laughs> He's a reincarnation of the DM. So I'm going so to So I can do anything with... and I know everything. Yeah. Give me yep. your notes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the house is haunted by a sad ghost and a mad ghost. Um, and as we learn, Lena, Lena is the... I actually think technically it's only haunted by the mad ghost. Oh, see, I thought sad ghost was... No, because sad ghost is the reincarnation. Sad so ghost no... is him. Oh, oh, I mean... <laughs> sad ghost is someone. Sad so ghost is that, someone. I think that all of the times that someone see that he has nice visions, it's reincarnation. That's true. And those are all those would all be the sad ghost ones. Mm-hmm. I think every time anyone else experiences anything, it's upsetting. So it's all just mad ghost. Okay. Yeah. So mad mad ghost is like poltergeisting it up, and yeah. then he's just reliving experiences. <laughs> But he thinks. It's but a he sad thinks ghost. sad ghost is there because he, he he's constantly like hearing a baby cry, and he is both drawn to and repulsed by the nursery room like upstairs. Me. Like he he keeps wanting to go there, but every time he goes in that room, he gets violently ill. Um, so there's definitely there's definitely stuff going on. Um, as he's renovating the house, he's also like, oh well, you know, the house is ha- I, the ghost is happy when I'm restoring things as they were but then the ghost gets really mad when i'm trying to change or update things like the bathrooms um so the the it's very much a real thing that other people outside of declan is experiencing as well like the contractors are um quitting left and right because of the ghost stuff like effie has an experience with the ghost in which she like goes into the bedroom and she sees the same suite of bedroom furniture that declan had and he describes it to a t like he's like and and this is the color of the things and these are the things that were on the mantle and this is the this is the make and model of the bed like it's just is unnecessary yeah. there's so much there's so much how i think there's declan's real talk. love is house like lena yes. is a nice bonus love but yes. house is declan's first love yes it's I gross i 100% agree with that <laughs> he would have sex with this house if and he i could. think it makes so much sense with the twist <laughs> unfortunately it does so 
<laughs> so we find out that Lena is the great granddaughter of Marie Rose, who was the daughter of Abigail and Lucian. Abigail, the girl who died in the beginning. In is great great dan great great granddaughter. I think so. Yes, because it's yes, her right. grandma's grandma, Lilibeth. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So great great granddaughter of Marie Rose, great, great, who was great the daughter. Granddaughter, she's so- doing fine. <laughs> so she she and her grandmother Miss Odette, who is one of Declan's best friends, uh, they are able to kind of fill him in on what they what has been passed down to them through the family is like the family lore, right? Um, so they tell him about also, how. Also, quick side note on Miss Odette that uh, Declan also has a mad horny relationship with her. Is, in he a way has that a really... mad horny relationship with literally everyone in this book. Yeah, even Remy. It even really Remy, does just they do a full on kiss on the lips. Yeah, that I don't think Nora Roberts knows how to write male female friendships because or any like, friendship she only knows romance. She, she writes only knows romance. one thing and she writes it well. <laughs> damn it, it's romance. Romance and ghosts. <laughs> Uh, so everyone is in love with everyone in a way that i just don't think 30 plus year old adults are i feel like she was trying to do it as like a it's louisiana thing and they're just all so like they're so much more open with their emotions than they are in boston but i was like that doesn't explain why this weird repressed irish catholic is acting like (laughs) why is he the main instigator in all the horniness i don't know uh, so Miss Odette and Lena pass down the family lore. They tell him about how there was the story about how Marie Rose's mother went missing. And some people say that she ran off with another man, but Marie Rose never felt that or felt that way about her mother. And she would always go like every year on her birthday, she would like go to the river and she would toss flowers in for her mother. Um, and she also went and visited her, her dad's grave and brought him flowers and stuff, whatever. She's very, she's very romantic about her parents' early deaths, um, because also Lucien and his brother died early. They were very young when they died. It's kind of a mystery until the end how they died. It's kind of still a mystery to me how they died after reading this. Like, I know what happened, but I don't I, know how it happened. I felt like the Julian one was confusing all it the way It was through. so confusing, yeah. The Lucien one, they were acting like it was a mystery, and I was like, no, yeah, duh. Like, I felt like that one was like, yeah, of course, duh. Like, yeah, that was not but a they everyone talked about it so vaguely, and like no like, one wanted to commit to what happened to him. And I was just like, died. And I'm like, he died. yeah, mm-hmm. he, he, you know, he died by suicide. Yeah, like obviously, obviously. tragic lovers. We get it. <laughs> That's why there's ghosts in your fucking That's house. Why fucking ghosts. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, the two brothers died young, and then uh, the the dad, whoever the dad was, he died, and and it was just the witchy old mother living there alone. She ran out of money, and then eventually she also died. So and then and then the house just was sold and by different people, like it was no longer passed down along the family lines. Mom's the ghost. Yes, yes. Mom is the ghost. Mom is the big angry ghost. They disinherited Marie Rose, also the baby. Um, which is a big plot point. They disinherited her and she went to go live in the bayou with her mother's family. Okay. Midnight Bayou. Do you get it? It's also (laughs) important because there's like, I think that the original killing was at midnight and then like there's a bunch of things about clocks stopping at midnight, but like I don't want to get into it. It's annoying. Whatever. Yeah. If if you want all the full details, read the book. Okay. (laughs) Don't because we're going to tell you the twist. (laughs) We're here for, we're here for (laughs) entertainment purposes only. Um, 
I should probably stop saying don't read the book because like I feel like that is a good way to get sued by Nora Roberts. Oh yeah, no, please do read the book. Please read the book. Pay for it, buy it. Um, or get it from your library. Nora Roberts. That's or also supporting the author. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't take our word for it. <laughs> maybe read maybe we're lying about the end, and you won't know unless you, you read the book know. for yourself. For sure, don't sue us, Nora Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> really skirting the lines of free use on this one (laughs) (laughs) anyway um we spend a lot of the book with Declan just trying to woo Lena in different ways because she's resistant to love and he's very much in love so he buys her nice things because he has a shit ton of money and she's uncomfortable with that because she does not come from money and he they just argue a lot they do eventually start having sex uh and he tells her he loves her and she's like nah this is too fast I've literally known you for a month maybe uh, this is too much too fast. And she tries to pull away on very on like so many different occasions. But he keeps pushing himself onto her. Listen, um, I've known Carlock for less time than that. And I feel that my Tav <laughs> is very much in love with her. So, like, uh-huh. you know, but, I, yeah. I think it's fine. <laughs> Carlock is also open to that love in return yeah, and is very true. hungry for it that's in a way true, that yeah. Lena is afraid it's of it. It's not. <laughs> it's just resistant. But reincarnation. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what actually happens in this book that matters. Um, I, like not a t- like not a, lot a ton happens, but like it's it's mainly romance novel stuff that is happening. Of like oh, I love you, I don't know about I that. Love you. I'm gonna take you and on an the extravagant date. The mom, date. I think, is the next like plot point, right? What the is two our- mothers? We got mother one and mother two. Oh yes, the wet. Well, the wedding, I guess. Um, no, before the wedding, the the mom showing up. Lilibeth showing up, yes, yeah, ah, yes, that mother. Because then we get an additional mother after There's that. So many That's moms in this mothers. book. There's a lot of mothers, and most of them, well, I'd say it's about fifty-fifty. Yeah, most of them. Some of them moms. are good. Some of them are bad. I think it's a, yeah. you know, true, true spectrum of motherhood <laughs> in this book. Some some moms are really yeah. supportive of you moving to Louisiana and you know starting finding your own place there, even though mm-hmm. you're rich and could date hot socialites in boston and some moms murder your wife and disinherit your child you know it's really a toss-up it's really it could go either way with moms you know (laughs) you never know you never know you never know until you try uh moms not even once (laughs) if you if you know a mom run away you just you don't know what kind of mom it's gonna be until it's too late Uh, so (laughs) lena's mom comes to town eventually after after all this wishy-washy waffling back and forth when lena's like oh yeah maybe i do really love this man then her mom shows up to ruin everything so her mom is several different kinds of addicted to drugs and she only comes around when she's out of money and she needs more money to buy drugs right so she goes to lena's classic bad guy classic bad guy classic mom right she goes to lena's house and she's like hey i need i need some money lena's like i'm done with this i'm I'm done doing this with you i don't want you in my life anymore here's 50 bucks get a train ticket and get out of town i we don't want you around here uh because the last time she she took her mom in uh she her mom ended up uh quote unquote turning tricks in her own bed in lena's bed and then using the money that she earned from the sex work to buy drugs and and then she stole from lena on her way out of town whatever um left left a very bad taste in lena's mouth understandably so she's like this time no stay away she gives her mom 50 bucks and the mom leaves 
Um, she and Declan then go over to Miss Odette's house uh, just to do a little visit. And guess who's there but mom? Uh, she's come to stay with her own mother, who is who's one of the good ones, one of the good moms. Good mom. Um, like this mom. <laughs> and Lena gets real mad about this because she knows that uh, her grandma, like, gets hurt every time that this happens. And also she does. So she's like, I, I just can't. If, if this woman is in your house, grandma, I can't be. And she leaves. And uh, Declan's like, I finally figured out the puzzle to my woman that I've claimed as my own is that she can't love. And it's not because a man has fucked her over before in life. It's because a woman has. And uh, so he's like, he tries to be, I don't think he starts a fight with her. He starts a fight with her because he's like, I'd rather you be angry than sad. And I could tell that you were both in this moment. So let's fight about let's it. Let's lean into the angry one. Let's lean into the it's angry like, one because I'd rather you be okay. angry than sad. Yeah. I will say I really liked, I didn't like the portrayal of addiction because, you know, but I did like kind of the relationship between Lena and her grandmother through this. I did too. Yeah, where Lena was like very upset that her grandmother had done this, but was also like, I understand that I can't stop her from doing this because it's her child Mm -hmm. and like, I just don't want to see her get hurt again. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I thought that was like a really, like a pretty nuanced way to look at the situation. Yeah. Just being like grandma you've betrayed me you know yeah yeah and there and there was there was so much understanding there and I think also like the resolution of what happened to mm-hmm. Lilibeth was very much like we know this is gonna happen again yeah but th- all we can do is like prepare ourselves for it right yeah I was kind of shocked that she didn't die like I, thought I was that, too like, I thought that's what how that ended up yeah. with her um, and maybe it did because I don't think we actually saw her after it was just like she's been in her room and she hasn't come out mad ghost maybe she got was her. dead mad I don't ghost know. got her the bad ghost got her I don't know <laughs> but it's also around this time where the discussions of reincarnation come up yeah. so um it so is Declan's presumed like, that Lena uh, is the well it's presumed that Declan is the reincarnation of Lucian uh, and and Lena brings this up and she's like well it just because like you have you have such like strong connections and visions of what the house was like back when it was in its heyday like you must if you if you're open enough to believe in ghosts why won't you believe in reincarnation I think that you're Lucian and Does he goes oh well say- then obviously that makes you Abigail because I love you and she's like Pfft. That's the assumption they're running under, is that he is the reincarnation of Lucy, and that's why he has such a strong tie to the house, because it is literally his house. And and to him, he says, well, then that very obviously makes you Lena, or sorry, you are Lena, that makes you Abigail to my Lucian, because I'm in love with you, and you're her relation, like, you're, yeah. you're a direct descendant of Abigail, so that must make now, you Abigail. Here's my two thoughts at this moment while I'm reading this book. Mm-hmm. Number one. Um, that's fucked up that you, uh, I'm going to make you love me because of reincarnation. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That itself is weird. But I was more thinking like, is it, maybe the question is, is it fucked up? If you're a reincarnation of someone, is it okay to date your granddaughter? Like, is that chill? Oh, is it okay to date? Oh my God. Yeah. Is it okay to date? Oh, is that all right? Oh, like, I don't know if that's all right. Y'all are related. You're related through the spirit. You're (laughs) related. Y'all got you know, an like incest ghost inside of you. <laughs> you got your great, great, great grandpa's ghost inside and you're of fucking you. Fucking him. Like, how's that gonna work? And then number two was I thought maybe, but then I realized like there was no way Nora Roberts could be this then. cool. Huh? It gets worse with the twist. Though. I think it gets better with the twist. Uh, 
I feel like maybe, it resolves maybe. with the twist because okay. they're both nasty little freaks. That's true. They are both. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a, so it's it fun. becomes it becomes a double incest instead yeah, of a yeah, singular yeah. one. So yeah, 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 yeah. I had the <laughs> briefest moment, and then I realized that this would be even more fucked up. That um, he's like. I'm Lucian, so of course you must be Abigail. I was like, mm, no, the other half of Lucian was his brother Julian, not Abigail. Yeah. Right? Like we keep hearing from like, oh, the the woman who's reading uh like his future or whatever is like I see a dark thing with the dark half or whatever. I'm like, ah, that he's the dark half but then I was like, nah, that'd be even worse. Yeah. Like, that would be worse, ending. worse I think. <laughs> I'm glad it did not go that way. It Julian didn't go was either of the, genuinely yeah, yeah. a bag of dicks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they're toying around with this idea of reincarnation. And uh, Declan begins to have these visions of him, a person inside of the house during in 1899, watching the events of of just like the normal house doings. Like he, he has this vision of where he's looking out a window and he sees Lucian riding up on a horse and he's like, mm, damn, that man is handsome. And he wakes up and he's like, whoa, what a weird vision. Uh, the house looked great though. Love Seeing my house. Now, I feel so stupid for not seeing the twist. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was <laughs> forecasted prettier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you all can guess what the twist is uh, just from us having skirted around it. Um, <laughs> So let's see. So, so, so Lilibeth is there. She causes a big rift between uh, Lena and Declan, mostly because Lena does not think that she deserves to be with perfect, rich, handsome man Declan because she. Which it's like, oh, she's Abigail. Of course, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, because she, she comes from a poor background. Her, her mother is a POS and she doesn't want to have anything to do with her. So she thinks all of this is like a stain on Declan and there's no way that Declan would want to be with a woman like her once he realizes all these secrets but of course Declan is Gary Stu and after a few days of her like being silent or whatever he goes to her bar and he literally carries her out caveman style and then has sex with her in her apartment above the bar um so that that this was a no choice good. I didn't, I didn't care for that. yeah no uh, but they do talk it out and uh he's like girl I love you and don't be dumb let's I do also this think didn't his didn't the mom try to proposition him she does oh that, that's yeah. right because he tells her about it at the scene he's like yeah. here's look here's proof that i can deal with your mom she came over and she tried to get money from me and she Lena's tried like, to have sex with me well first it's it's money yeah oh no first it is sex you're right it's first is uh, sex and then she's sex, and then and sad money, start, and sad that's story. more money and it's like and each time man. lena's like and you just did that and he's like no of course I no didn't. let me finish my fucking story <laughs> and basically it led to him telling his mom about Lena because and Lilibet and Lilibet. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Lilibet was like, Oh, I'm going to go to your rich family and tell them about, like, and tell them you slept with me, your girlfriend's you're, mother. You're slumming around with my daughter. And yeah. also you fucked me. And he's like, unless cool, you here's pay my me $10,000. Yeah, he's like, here, call my mom. Yeah. Like, he's like, here's care. her phone number. She's going to love I was tearing like, you to pieces. I was like, yeah. And yeah, then he did actually. immediately call his mom and, and tell her. And I was mom. like, this boy is communicating. I was like, good job, Declan. Because, like, I feel like that is a plot that comes up a lot, especially in, like, older romance novels of, mm-hmm. like, the villain being like, you have to break up with so-and-so or else I'll blackmail other people. or And, like, the solution is always just tell the people because then they won't have Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, that was really easy. It was, good job. It was, it's because he's he's a lawyering instinct in our boy mm-hmm. Declan. He, he, I was like, you can't, like, he's got so many connections and like he could just bury you in lawsuits what are you yeah. doing do you not and know also, like you googled his fa- well not googled but you looked up his family 
I don't Google lawyers. Did you ask Jeeves about you his ask family. Jeeves about the lawyers. <laughs> I, I also feel like that's probably more prevalent in historicals where, like, yeah, maybe people would care. But, like, realistically, it's like, okay, you're going to go tell him that he did some weird, weird sex stuff? Like, he's a 31-year-old man. Yeah. Like, who, who cares? What What's going to happen? Yeah. And she's like, you're, you're going to get cut off. In and 2001. He has his own money. He have, and also like rich people are little freaks, so like yeah, they'd probably true. be like, yeah, that makes sense. They're like, yeah, he is. He is probably sleeping with freak. lots of people. We we yeah. all do it all the time. He's probably sleeping with tons of moms. Yeah. And also, if we do cut him off, he still has his fancy law degree. He could just go be a corporate just lawyer a again. Lawyer. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't anyway. matter. Um, but while he's off fucking Lena, um, she Lilibet does come back to his house and steals a bunch of shit. She finds, like, several thousand dollars worth of money. She also steals the ring that Declan bought that he was going to propose to Lena with eventually. I'm so sorry I have to derail us again. Uh-huh. This ring is the it sounded ugly fucking engagement, it's literary so, engagement so, ring so, I've ever it's heard. It's a heart It beats out the Twilight one. Heart-shaped. Like, it's, it's heart-shaped, which is all, already terrible. Um, <laughs> but it's heart-shaped. And it's two halves of a heart, like a fucking best friends forever necklace. Yes, it's necklace. a half ruby, half diamond. Half ruby, half diamond. Disgusting. And, like, ruby is my birthstone, and I just, like, no. That's ugly. That's disgusting. Why are you it's doing disgusting. that to this woman? She, Nora, what are you talking about? She loved That's the ugly. earrings, though, that were the exact same. Yeah. He so found also, matching like, earrings for the engagement ring and gave them to her. That's also disgusting. Mm-hmm. That whole vibe of, like, earrings and... Uh, Matching earrings to your engagement ring, and they're ugly. Unless it's, like, just a diamond, you know? Like, okay, diamond matches your diamond engagement ring, whatever, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's so <laughs> three intricately Three hearts. <laughs> intricately interlocked. Half ruby, are, half diamond. It's literally the only thing I highlighted in this entire fucking book, because I was like, that's hideous. And they're all antique. <laughs> like, this isn't, like, a 2002 setting. This is the like blood red ruby and ice white diamond formed two halves of an interlocking heart on a platinum band. Disgusting. Why? Anyway, I just had to bring that up. Yes, it was. It was. It's an ugly ring, and uh, probably would have been better if her mom had stolen it. Yeah, honestly, they, she would have been doing Lena a favor. But she truly, she, <laughs> she's like, I got to get out of town with all these jewels and cufflinks and and monies I stole, so I can turn the the jewels into money and turn the money into drugs. But I'm, but I feel compelled to go upstairs in the house. And she goes upstairs, and the ghosts do give her a fright. Uh, and then it just cuts away before we realize what happens to her. I was like fully ready for the house to eat her, right? Like yeah. I wanted the fireplace to roar to life and consume this woman. I fully thought it was going to be all exorcist and she was going to fall out of a window. Yes, 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 fear. yes. Because they keep making neck. references to the, um, oh shoot, Belvedere. They keep making references to the Belvedere. I was like, oh, so she's going to go up there and then she's going to be pushed out. Like she's going to be the person yeah. to finally go up there. No, no. Nah, a little bit. No ghost slaughter in this book. Doesn't, yeah. I know, which is disappointing because there's a bad, angry ghost. Like, yeah. Should have killed someone. Should have killed at least one more person. And that's like (laughs) classic romance novel, I feel like, to have like, ooh, there's some bigger threat and we need to like have somebody die to show that it's like a threat. Yeah. It's going to be someone we all hate. So we're like kind of happy. The worst person in this book. The worst person here. The second second worst, maybe. Who's first first? first? The mom and Julian. Oh, but they're already dead. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Are, they already got theirs. 
<laughs> but I would say that they are worse. Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. After that, the the big drama is that Effie and Remy's wedding venue burns to the ground. And so... <laughs> normal. Normal. And it was at a different plantation home because they're in New Orleans and this is 2001 before everyone realized how fucking shitty awful that is. So uh, Declan's like, well, you could just have it at my plantation home instead. So <laughs> we get a lot of scenes of them doing a lot of wedding prep stuff, yada, 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 interspersed with all the wedding prep stuff. Declan has this vision of him at home uh in the middle of the night giving birth to a baby and he's like wow that was fucking weird i felt everything and he's like he woke up and he's like i'm gonna call my mom and tell her i love her because how did she go through this four times birth is so painful finally a man who understands <laughs> did he did him and lena have the conversation about the the twist before this because i feel no. like the, it oh. wasn't until i think it it wasn't until after this because he's like i felt the birth and she's like well that's because you're not lucy you idiot I think I so. That, I thought that they had the conversation first where she's like, you're not Lucian. And then he did the birth thing. And then he's like, I gave birth. Because I think when they're talking about it, he's like freaked out by the fact that he was pregnant. Like, and she's like, and he's like, well, she's like, well, you won't have to go through giving birth. Mm. And then he does. And then he does. I don't. Yeah, maybe. But I, I can't remember. I don't know. There's a lot of. Yes. And but, she, he was definitely alone when he had that vision. So I don't know, like it was like raining one day and he was alone yeah. at home and he had this vision of a woman yeah, giving birth it was, in the home it and was I don't remember raining but then he's like I think that might be what it was because he didn't he didn't understand that it was a birth or something because he like had the raining thing he brings up to the grandmother later uh-huh. at the wedding and it's like it was raining and she was like no it was not dude and then he goes to Lena and is like Oh, I just realized I had a, a vision of the birth. I had a I had a memory. Yes. Yeah, because it was like raining in the memory. And or I whatever. could feel it. I could feel the birth. And she's like rowdy. Yeah. She's like, That's wild, my man. You're you're the reincarnation of Abigail. And he's like, No, I'm a man. And then she's like, Okay, but that's a ghost, so like <laughs> There's no, there's no rules to ghosts. There's, there's no ghost it's just, law. It's just you are what you, you are what you are. You're a beautiful soul. Yeah. You're a woman, a seventeen-year-old teenager trapped in a man's body. I don't know what to tell you. And then he like does this weird Which thing where makes... he kisses her, and he's like, "Are we lesbians now?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> I was like, no. "I'll let it slide." <laughs> also, I do want to say I've been saying the twist makes everything make sense. Mm-hmm. It makes the fucking jewelry make sense because of course he thinks that's the pinnacle of romance. He's a seventeen-year-old teenager. He's a seventeen-year-old girl from eighteen ninety-nine. <laughs> She's like diamonds, <laughs> sparkly things. And they rubies. Even mention of like she only liked the sparkly jewels because she was uncouth. <laughs> yeah, it all makes sense. She likes ugly shit. <laughs> She's from the bayou. <laughs> She walked into the Hellsberg Diamonds and was like, I want that one right there on the display case, the Valentine's Day collection. They're like, they're like ma'am, that's a joke necklace <laughs> put out there for the, to make fun of people. This, I demand it. It's the one I want. Matching earrings as well. Thank you. <laughs> I don't care if this is what you buy your 80-year-old mother because you have no idea what else to get her. That's the one I want. <laughs> this twist was... It was wild. Mind-blowing. It was wild. Because I was like, I can't believe you've made the main hero a woman. A woman, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But also, did you? Is he a woman? 
Is he a man? Is he a woman? Is he How a man? How does gender work with reincarnation? <laughs> really makes you think. <laughs> really makes you think, doesn't it? It becomes even more problematic question mark when at the mm. night of the wedding so evie and remy's wedding goes off without a hitch it's a beautiful event whatever uh lena stays the night and that night uh declan has a vision of the night that abigail was killed and he experiences all of the sensations that abigail felt and <laughs> he wakes up and he doesn't want to be touched by lena and she takes offense to this and he's like excuse me but have you ever been our word like and then choked to death afterwards and she's like no no (laughs) and he's like well don't fucking touch me and then she like gets mad about it and i'm like i don't know whose side to take here this this is a wild this like the book just like goes from zero to one thousand it's one thousand immediately and i'm like oh my god oh my god ghost visions like, because oh. it's it's one thing to be a reincarnate, a reincarnation of some people from the late 1800s, yeah. right? Like, that's already pretty it's wild. It's one thing to have, like, memories. You don't know how, like, how did you know that there used to be a willow tree on the property? How did you know that this is what the room used to look like? But then. Right. But then it's like, <laughs> oh, just kidding. You're not just a reincarnation of someone from um, the 1800s who's in love with this reincarnation of their wife from the 1800s. It's actually swapped and you... Um, are in love with your husband's reincarnation when he like really fucked up and kind of betrayed your memory by believing the lies about you you know yes and then not only that but like you as a man are experiencing because it's like one thing to be like I have the loose memories and I see things but then to be like actually have to live through the moment of gendered violence I'm like this is a wild like this a is whole... making a statement about something and I don't know where I land with it. Yeah, it's I'm like, like, I don't know. Oof. I don't know if it was meant to make a statement yeah. about something in 2002, but it I'm certainly like... does now. Yeah. Right? Like just unhinged mm-hmm. in a great way or a terrible way. Can't tell. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah and, and then the two of them like now... get into an argument about it because he doesn't want the he doesn't want intimacy in any form after after having these sensations and lena just like not being able to understand that and being angry that this man that she has been constantly pushing away is now pushed her away just for this one moment of his like i just need to i just need to process you know um so there was there was so many layers of me going like i i don't know i don't know know about any of this (laughs) and like because then the the conflict between the two of them turns from it being like, eh, Lena is not, it's not that Lena is scared of like falling in love or whatever. It's that like, they already did this and Lena, the vert, like Lucian. So yes, because Lena is revealed to be the reincarnation Lucian. of Lucian. So she is the right. reincarnation of her own great, great, great grandfather. And it's also revealed that um, like in some of the flashbacks that Lucian um, drowned himself in a lake. Uh-huh. And that um, he did believe the lies about his wife by the time that he drowned himself in a lake. And also in the flashbacks that like Abigail had made him promise to always take care of their daughter. And, and he then he obviously basically didn't do that. <laughs> and then um, also he did accidentally kill his brother when his brother tried to kill him in a bar fight. But or I didn't understand how that happened because Julian stabbed Lucian. And he's like, haha, I win. But then Julian looks down and he's like, oh, you've killed me. And then that's I it. That's think, the end of the scene. 
I what think, happened? I think they mentioned there's a scuffle for the knife or something. Uh-huh. I think. So there, he stabbed it's a very Lucian. Confusing. He stabs Lucian, and, and then, then Lucian gets the knife and stabs him in self-defense. So they do a double stab. Yeah. Lucian is just better at it. Lucian's a better stabber. And then shortly after Julian dies, Lucian then dies by suicide. Yeah. So it's just like... <laughs> So, so now dead. you've got this like so then like like some of the stuff that like he as Abigail says to Le- Lena as Lucian of like you gave up on our kid like and he's like I didn't love her as much as I loved you and I'm like that is fucked up yes and yeah because they do have really this conversation like- at the end of the book where where Declan is like basically fully possessed by Abigail and is like recounting like Abigail's like these are my regrets my regrets are are you basically you didn't love me enough to believe that I was faithful to you and believe that our child was our child and because of that I've just I've I've been a ghost man I've been real upset and I've been doing a little haunting doing a little reincarnating to try and make my way back to you and Lucian as Lena is like yeah man I don't know what to tell you. That baby was a stranger to me. <laughs> like, I don't know that kid. I don't know her. <laughs> and like, there's this thing about like how the baby had a better life living with uh, Abigail's family than she which would have been. Probably if, true. Which is probably true. But also like, doesn't that, does that actually absolve Lucy? And, and no. then it turns into this thing of like Lena being like, I feel awful that this is who I am, right? Yeah. Like where she's like, I don't know how to like. I don't want to be Lucian. The fact that I'm the garbage one. Yeah. With like, I'm the garbage betrayal one who d- abandoned their child when I was abandoned when as I a was child. Abandoned. Right. Just like whoa, whoa. Nora, you packed that in here in this you fucking ghost love story. What the fuck? You threw it in there, huh? Nora. Wild. I fully did also think that it was going to be revealed that um. I know, like, it wouldn't have worked out because they were alive at the same time, but uh-huh. that, like, uh, Marie Rose was reincarnated into the grandmother, and that's why, like, she's she was bringing so, the two that of them they were together. both, like, really protective of the grandmother because yeah. it was, like, it was their kid or whatever, but that was not the case. Yeah, they didn't mention that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's such a, it's just such a funny it's like interesting so twist. It's it's bizarre, and then the way that it is like processed by everyone at the end. They have this big like possession scene where Lena cannot get through to Declan. Declan is just Abigail, and then Lena like starts responding in the way that she thinks Lucian would respond, and then she's like, ah, fuck it, gives into the possession, becomes <laughs> Lucian. I guess the two of them have a conversation, Abigail and Lucian, and then when Declan and Lena come back to them themselves they're like now we know what we have to do what we have to do to put them to rest and it's literally just like going and putting flowers on their graves and then making this promise to eventually move the grave markers all to the same place on the property so that so that abigail and lucian and well they have to make a grave marker for abigail first but abigail lucian and marie rose can all be together the I didn't three even of think them. it was like that they were actually going to move the grave markers. I thought they were just going to put up like memorials. There. Maybe. Yeah. Um, like you said, like Abigail doesn't Abigail have doesn't one because she's in the swamp. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> but then also like Declan's like, like, I th- and I think that's kind of like Lena, Lucy and having to like come to forgiveness with him herself. Yes. She's like, can we do this? And he's like, well, I think we're already together. But like, yeah, we can still do that. Like, it's fine. Yeah. You know? So like. And then they just kind of are like, we're going to move forward and with new lives. And I guess they're not like 
as aggressively reincarnations anymore. They just they kiss in the house. Yeah, they kiss in the house, fully in love and aware of who they were and who they are. And then Declan's like, "Do you feel that? You feel that the house is ours now, not theirs. It's ours." And then the book ends. (laughs) Yeah, which is (laughs) wild. The thing that I was saying about it all makes sense. How much he loves the house. Yeah, because it's it's Abigail doesn't care about Lucian at this point. Abigail just wants to like prove that mm-hmm. she belonged in the house well yeah and that's the thing is like she she has this this uh we're from abigail's point of view at the beginning of the book which makes the the very bad it makes very it bad very bad awful. murder scene but um so we're in her head and she says well you know every time that her mother-in-law kind of like snipes at her or or overrides abigail's decisions or whatever abigail's like well it's okay because she may win some battles but i've won the war because i got her son who is the heir and this house is gonna be mine when this woman's dead and, and that's uh, what happens. She's just she just has know? to die first and get reincarnated as a man. Yeah, and who knows how many times she's tried this reincarnation thing. This this could be like the third or fourth man she's tried. <laughs> I also do really like that. I think like again, I think that the unfortunately the reincarnation twist does make a lot of the earlier issues better. Yeah, because, like I feel the like his, the insta love, um, his possessiveness over her makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense. Like, if it's Lucian doing that, I'm like, that's fucked up. You betrayed her. But Abigail mm-hmm. being that way is like, of course, she's trying to cling on to him because, like, she lost him, right? Yes. Like, yeah. she's like, I got to get him back this time, right? I'm like, this makes sense. And then, like, Lena being like, no, no, no. It's like, yeah, because she- unkind reading of it, Lucian is still like, nah, my wife was a whore. Uh, kinder mm-hmm. reading of it it's the thing that Lena says about how she's not good enough for him right yes. like where he's like oh no I fucked her over once I can't do this I can't do again. it again so like yeah. it makes a lot more sense when she's like I can't be with you because like I will like drag you down and I'll ruin you sort of thing it's like because Lucian yeah. did that to Abigail it's it makes bizarre, perfect sense <laughs> this bizarre instance of the ghost and reincarnation subplot grounding the rest of the romance <laughs> makes, makes the romance make way more sense. oh my gosh it tempers it it's so weird it's so weird and <laughs> and then just like the i don't know i don't know man i i just i don't, I don't after I, all the reincarnation stuff again still the ghosts are a 17 year old girl and uh, who knows how old m- man how- uh, he was 23 at the time of his death okay so yeah so like, like a how, couple years how after. long are they gonna last <laughs> There is that, too. And I mean, I think we are supposed to understand that it's like we fixed it. We're good. I would say to me, as a cynic um, who likes romance novels, I don't think it matters if they're together forever. The important thing is that they broke the cycle of whatever. They they broke the generational trauma of their own generation. And I do think (laughs) it makes it the incest thing is better because they're both. They're both doing the incest of each other. Yeah. So it's like it's. (laughs) Fine, I guess. But also, I don't like, know. why Declan, though, I guess, is my mm-hmm. question. Yes, is Declan is somehow tied to this area, to this family? And the answer is no. I don't think so in the book. It's explicitly stated he has any the... connection to this area other than loving the house. And Remy. And Remy. Because that's how he got so the, to Remy the house Remy the reinca- should have well, been the main Well, Remy, character. I think, is the reincarnation of abigail's brother right because we find out and effie, effie is, is the reincarnation yes. of the maid who everyone married abigail's brother is the, yeah everyone's a fucking reincarnation so i think those four at least are reincarnations i think you could make the argument that the mom is a reincarnation of his mom except mm. that i think that she is the ghost in the house so i mm. don't think she i think she's she doesn't possessed. get to reincarnate when yeah. she's still um my only like maybe this makes sense but 
I don't think it does quite enough work is that the thing that we are supposed to be drawing here from the Abigail Declan parallel in terms of like why Declan is a um, the the class swap Mm -hmm. angle of it is something I don't know what but maybe she's trying to say something with that and B um, and I think this is more to the point that Abigail is uh, an outsider Mm -hmm. and Declan is like so because of the way that um, like Abigail is a a Cajun woman from the bayou Mm -hmm. which has certain connotations in the well I'll honestly like Cajun wasn't really a thing in the late 1800s that's neither here nor there um Mm -hmm. but her being positioned as an outsider to the culture like can't really be replicated by anyone in the Louisiana area because like the culture has become more like less uh structured in that way and more structured based on race rather than Acadian or you know uh non-Acadian Creole Mm -hmm. um so I think like okay, so the the spirit had to go a little further afield to get someone who had, like, the outsider vibes, you know? That's the only thing that I could think that makes sense, but it doesn't really, and it doesn't really say why Declan, it just says why not someone else from Louisiana, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They had to, they had to do the whole watch him struggle in this new life somehow. Yeah. Because he comes yes. from so much he has privilege to be, otherwise. He has to be someone who doesn't fit in the house, right? Yeah. Like, but makes the house his own. But then, again, it's like, there's nothing else specific about Declan and his situation that makes it make sense that he got reincarnated. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got to be someone, I guess. Like you said, maybe she's been reincarnating his various men over the, the century. <laughs> yeah she's like well i i tried a local guy that, that didn't, didn't work, work out, out so well i gotta i gotta go you know what if i'm gonna be reincarnated i might as well live a cushy life for as long as possible right <laughs> i mean she's not wrong she's not wrong i you know if if i were a ghost with the ability to live multiple lifetimes uh you know i would probably choose a wealthy white man one of those times just to see yeah just to, just to think- feel that confidence and surety <laughs> I also think you could maybe make the argument of like part of her like Abigail's struggle in her reincarnation cycle is getting back to her child right Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. more so than getting back to Lucian and so it has to be like somebody removed from access to the family line whereas Lucian is reincarnated into the family line because his struggle is that he like turned his back on them Mm -hmm, you know. mm So, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. But also, I think it was just, like, she wanted to have, an, have a hot guy. A hot rich from man. Can't. Somewhere else. Yeah. 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 Huh? I don't know, man. So, yeah. It was. It's an interesting Was it ride. good? Don't know. No. It, it wasn't. It, I mean, it's just like if you popped on a Lifetime movie, are you expecting that to be good? No. Is it entertaining? Usually. Is it one of my favorite things that I've read this year? Possibly. <laughs> It was certainly one of my most surprising reads of the year. Just wow. Really enjoyable in terms of my surprise, my delight. Yeah. And I mean, other than the POV swaps, like it really was, it was nicely written. Like it wasn't, you know, it didn't feel like, you know, oh, I'm just churning out 10 of these a year. Like it didn't feel lazy. Yeah, I thought there there was some good uh, prose in there. I felt like some of the sex scenes were a little too purple prosy for me. Uh, Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I skimmed those pretty hard. They were Um, open door, but not graphic. (laughs) Yeah, they were just weird. A lot of allusions to pumping and entering. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So not really 
there was some stuff that I was like, yeah, you know, I think this is fairly well crafted and some stuff that I was like, yeah, you're trying to churn them out. I see. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, but Hey, she has she, a calling and it's to write ghost calling. love stories. And again, she surprised and delighted me. So honestly, honestly, um, uh, cool. So we will be coming back with more Nora Roberts. Um, I think we've kind of already talked about what we want to do. We want to do one of her OGs next. Right? Yes. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, probably one of the first ones if it's available, easily found. I don't know what her yeah, we'll, backlog we'll looks like. At we'll have to take a peek at that because yeah. it's still a little ways off. Mm-hmm. Um, because we got some other stuff coming up. Yeah. We've got uh, Warrior Cats next Meow. week. Meow. Yeah. So we're going to be back with the next Warrior Cat with uh, the first book of the Dawn of the Clans series, um, which is The Sun Trail, not Trial. <laughs> uh, and then the week after that, we're going to be wrapping up our unit on possession books. Yeah. Uh, so I think one of our biggest things was we wanted to find a possession novel from a different religious culture or a different culture mm-hmm. in general. Uh, and I found this one that was published this year. Um, this was published in uh, March of this year, 2023, uh, and it is a uh, take on uh, Mexican culture, colonialism, and possession. Um, okay. It is called Piñata by Leopoldo Gu. It's spelled G-O-U-T, but it's pronounced Gu. Uh, and uh, from what I understand, this man is like a, both an artist and an author. Um, I don't know how many books he's written, but the book sounds interesting. It is... Uh, some people, this woman goes back to Mexico to, uh, supervise the renovation of an old abbey and then bring something home with her. So, yeah. And the cover art looks absolutely terrifying. So we'll see, you know, it's not quite spooky season anymore, but Hey, you know, we have to read read something a little bit dark to balance out all the Christmas rom-coms we've got Mm -hmm. going right now. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) awesome. Uh, well, that'll be in two weeks. Yes. In the meantime, if you have any books or units you'd like for us to cover on the podcast, either because you think we'd love them or hate them, you can email us, shufflewarecast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should so that we show up on your Spotify wrapped next year in 2024. Right? Right? Also, we know 4% of you are teenagers. We know. We saw the demographics. Teens, what are you doing? We told you not to listen. Why aren't you listening to us? Definitely stop listening and don't share this with any of your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you use Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Nora Roberts, he'd started a love affair with Wood in high school. To date, it was his most lasting relationship. See, they're talking about the house, but it's also a dick joke. Yeah, we don't want a repeat of... uh... (laughs) It was published in March. Okay, we're good.